The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, December 5th, 2022. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do. Because the woman in your life is you. Welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Wow, we had some rain in Sonoma County. Hallelujah. Well, I have some very special guests with me this morning. Uh, joining me in the studio is three-term, and I found out today that may, she's run more than three times. My special guest is the first woman district attorney in Sonoma County, Jill Ravage, and she'll be stepping down in January, and I wanted to acknowledge her service and get a little bit more information about her. In my mind, many agree and many disagree with her, but for me, being the first woman district attorney in our community has opened the door for other women to step up and you know it's very interesting when we have the first woman or the first this or the first that they always have these challenges that they have to face and what's so important about the challenges is that they come through them and they can give us information they can give us information on how we can walk through some of the things that we have to walk through in life well also joining me on the phone will be a real special friend Shakina Black who's the executive director the Peace and Justice Center in Santa Rosa, and she's the public relations coordinator for the Sixth Street Playhouse. And I must add, she is a dear, dear friend. And we'll be talking a bit about two upcoming special events, Winter Blast. I love Winter Blast. That's when they have all these couches running around in, in downtown Santa Rosa in Ware Road Square. I mean, it's quite a sight to see, folks. I mean, whoever thought of that idea, it was it was really brilliant. I mean, I never thought a couch could be sexy, but... You, it's very, very interesting. Anyway, there's also going to be a special play at the Sixth Street Playhouse, and that we're going to also talk about that. Well, I have a few a few announcements, and Ken, you want to go ahead and dial up Chikina so we can get her on the phone real quickly here and talk about what she's going to talk about. You know, I can't believe it's it's we're so close to Christmas and New Year's and 2023. I mean, where did this year go? I mean, I woke up this morning; it was December 5th. You know, it's the first Monday of the month, and we're going to also going to do a little bit. We're going to do the pledge, and we're going to have our district attorney do the pledge with us, which is also very exciting to me. Well, I have a little announcement here. First of all, I want to do a, a happy birthday to my dear sister, Evelyn Holtz, on December 6th. Evelyn's going to be 75 years old. Oh, my goodness. I remember when she was first born, she's just a little baby. And she was my little doll, and she's still my little doll. So happy birthday, Evelyn. And where she is, she's out, out of town right now. She's a bridge enthusiast, and she's been teaching bridge and also playing bridge. I believe she's going to be back this evening. But happy, happy birthday to my dear, sweet sister, Evelyn, Diane Holtz. And, you know, Diana the moon goddess, you know, Evelyn has that little bit of mm in her. Also, the other announcement I have here is that they're going to have a special on Saturday, December 10th, downtown Railroad Square. That's at 9 4th Street in Santa Rosa from 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock. They're going to have a sleigh hunger holiday food drive. You know, 
I really appreciate the food drives. I appreciate the people that go out and that, that donate. I mean, it's very, very important. Bring food donations for the Redwood Empire Food Bank. Take photos with Santa Claus. Oh, I love that. And enjoy free carriage rides courtesy of Railroad Square. And you can get more in- information by calling Shauna Davis at 707-523-7900, extension 143. And I really encourage folks to go down and to make a donation. And you know, I, I'm, I'm for and I'm against donations. I have, I have mixed feelings about it. You know, with me, when I look at all the trillions of dollars that we waste on war, and I think to myself, imagine if we did that with education or we did it with research, we use that money for education, research, or to feed the hungry. I mean, there's so much money, it's amazing. So it's, you know, 2023, maybe we all have to start talking about that. You know, we now have the technology where we can communicate with one another. We can get a variety of ideas. And I think that we should start talking about how do we have peace on this planet? I mean, when you think the nuclear clock is like three seconds from doomsday, I mean, I just get the chills when I think about it. It's time that we all start talking about peace and justice and how we can work together as a human family. I mean, we've never had the technology that we can get together. I mean, here we can see what's happening in China in five minutes. It would take us, it'd take us months before we'd know what was happening in another country. I mean, everything is so right there with us. It's just, it's just amazing. Well, let's start out the show because I have my dear friend Shakina Black on the phone. Are you there, Shakina? I am, Elaine. Oh, my goodness. It's just lovely to hear your voice. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you so much, and you are my dear friend. Yeah, well, we can, you know, we belong to a mutual admiration society, you and I. Absolutely. Well, listen, Absolutely. welcome again on Women's Spaces. I wanted to have you on. You know, this is, this is, we're coming into the last show, almost the last show of the year. I mean, I can't believe it's 2023. So uh, let me get, tell folks a little bit about you. You're the executive director of the Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County, and you wear a second hat, and that is the PR relations specialist at the Sixth Street Playhouse. So talk, just give us a, an overview real quickly of the, what's going on at the Peace and Justice Center and also, the fact that you're supporting the new pro- a program called Winter Blast. Yes, well, thank you. So, I want to give a big shout out to Peace and Justice Center, which in 2024, just a couple years away, we will celebrate 40 years of being a nonprofit serving the folks in Sonoma County. So, that's a monumental event, and we are going to be planning, I hope, more than one event that year. So, that is very important. We serve as an umbrella organization for other nonprofits and for other groups that maybe they're not a nonprofit, but they share um, similar mission statements with us. You know, it's very important. Social justice of all kinds. So that's where our executive director of Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County and then this Saturday we are participating in a community event. It is not our event, but it is one we've participated in many years. Winter Blast, and that's happening this Saturday, December 10th, from 4 to 8.30 p.m. It is a free event. It is a family-friendly event, and it happens in the Arts District or the SOFA District, South of A, is what that acronym is, hence the couches. That just cracks me up. That just saying the couches rolling up and down the street, and there are <laughs> small, like, love seats that people decorate, and there are two parades that day. 
and the galleries, the art galleries will be open. There are four live bands at various locations, including at the Peace and Justice Center. In our parking lot, we have Johnny Tsunami and the Hurricanes, which that's so appropriate during winter. And so really fun music. We have a beer and wine garden also there in our parking lot. And so we just encourage people to come out and to celebrate winter and have have a great time at a free event for the community. You know, I never I never believed I could ever see a sexy couch. <laughs> but I saw a few of them the last time I was down there. Well, also, you wear another hat, I know, with the 6th Street Playhouse, and I'm really excited about that, that there's going to be a, a, a special Christmas program. And what are some other things that are planned down there, Jakina? And how is that going for you? Well, it's great. Well, first of all, let's talk about in Love, and that is the holiday show. It's getting phenomenal reviews. It is so uplifting. It's what happens to Scrooge a year after A Christmas Carol. <laughs> and so, without doing a spoiler alert, there are four friendly ghosts, because this is also a very family-friendly event, so we encourage people of all ages to come out and enjoy this show. And I always love to ask people, who was your favorite ghost? So if you're going um, with a group of people and your kids or older people, you know, just ask them, who was your favorite ghost and why? So that's happening all the way through December 18th. People can go to SixthStreetPlayhouse.com to see the exact date. There are a few evening performances at 7.30 and a few matinees at 2 p.m. It did open the day after Thanksgiving, so we're about halfway through the run of this show. So there are, you know, I would get tickets soon because uh, we expect them to sell out because it is something really fun to do before the holidays actually arrive. Well, I did no- I did notice when I, when I went on the website that the seats are really filling up quickly. Yes, this is true. And then another thing I'm so honored to be able to do for Sixth Street Playhouse is I have a long-term career booking concerts, promoting and producing concerts, and I'm able to do that with the concert series, and so I have just finalized the booking with Momotombo SF, which will be on January 20th, a Friday. Momotombo SF are fabulous. I've worked with them before at two different venues, and they are going to just rock the house in that 184-seat G.K. Hart Theater. So I expect this one to sell out, too. We're not on sale yet, but it will be on sale very soon. So you would check out Sixth Street Playhouse um, website for those tickets. But the band members, all 11 musicians, were either in Malo or in Santana's band or both, you know. And so these are world-class musicians and just... They've been, Malo actually celebrated 50 years this year of being musicians. So come on out and see that show. And then that's in the big theater. And then I'm working on some smaller, more local bands that are going to happen in the 99-seat theater that's called the Monroe Stage. So people should, you know, start looking at the concert series tab on SixthStreetPlayhouse.com, and you're going to see what is unveiling for this year. Lots of fun concerts for people to get out and enjoy music, sit down, and some will be danceable in the Monroe Stage Theater. 
Well, Ozzy I want to do a shout out for you and thank you for all the good people that you bring in, all the good entertainment, all the things that you do for the Peace and Justice Center, I mean, and also for the Sixth Street Playhouse. And I just want to thank you for being a regular on a guest on, on uh, Women's Spaces to let us know all the good things that are happening. So we're coming to the end of the segment. Let's have some last words and give us our website again. Sure. Well, uh, Peace and Justice Center is pjcsoco.org and sixstreetplayhouse.com. That's how people can reach us. If folks are interested in Winter Blast, there is a Winter Blast 2022 page on Facebook that you can easily find. And that gives you all the details about the sofa parades and the galleries that are open and the bands that are playing. Well, Shakina Black, thank you so much and much success with all your programs. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Elaine. You have a fabulous day. Thank you, my love. Wow, there are so many great women in this community doing so many great things. And I want to remind everybody that all the information that uh, Shakina gave us, you can find on, at, on Women's Spaces, uh, www.womenspaces.com. And if you have any questions or any concerns, you want to find out more information, you can always email me at Elaine B. Holt at gmail.com. That's my full name, Elaine B. Holt. You know, the B stands for beautiful I'm doing the best I can, be here now, and like my sister says, stop being such a brat. But anyway, that, that's the way it is. Well, you know, it's very exciting. You know, every we do this segment, our history is ourself, which is very important. Our history is our strength. I got that from Molly McGregor with the uh, National Women's History Alliance. I want to thank her. I get most of the most of the women that I talk about from that uh, from that list. But also, there is so much information. I mean, I remember when I first went to Sonoma State, we barely knew that women were in art. So it's really really exciting. Well, with some interesting happen happening. Uh, uh, in, in December, and here's December 1st, in December 1st, 1955, I'm sure I remember this. I was 15 years old, and it was like, whoa, is this really happening? Rosa Park refuses to give up her seat on a bus for a white person. Her arrest sparks the modern civil rights movement in the United States of America. And that's when I first became aware of Dr. Martin Luther King. It was very very, very interesting time. We've come a long way, baby, but you know, we've got, we still have a, a way to go. And it looks like they're trying to take things away from us that we've, we've already gained. And another thing happened that's very, very interesting too. On December 5th, 1935, Mary McLeod Bethune creates the National Council of Negro Women. It was one, kind of one of the first times that National Council of, of Negro Women was the first time that women of color came together as an organization to struggle and to try to bring forth uh, some equality in this country. And then on December 10th, this, 1869, I had no idea that this happened. But in Wyoming, that's December 10th, 1869, that's almost, that's almost over 50 years before we, we got the national vote, uh, Wyoming is the first territory to give women the right to vote. Amazing, isn't it? The first territory to give women the right to vote. You know, and I heard a very disturbing, very disturbing interview. I believe it was an, uh, an MNSBC. I can't remember how you, how you pronounce that. It could have been NBC. Where a woman, a woman actually got on the air and said, women should not vote. I almost fell off my chair. 
I said, women should not vote. You know, ladies, we got to pay attention to who we're voting for and who we're putting in office. You know, they'd probably like us to go back. I mean, here we are. We're going to be interviewing the first woman district attorney in Sonoma County. You think she would have made it if us women didn't vote? I don't think so. I don't even, I think she would have been in somewhere hiding and thinking, gee, I wish I could be district attorney. You know, and here we are in the 21st century, and that's possible. You know, we have a woman vice president. Do you think she would have been a vice president up there if women didn't have the vote? I mean, how dare that woman even think that? How dare any woman out there even think that we should not have the vote? That's what a democracy is all about. That's the difference between a democracy and a dictatorship. In a dictatorship, you are told what to do. You are told who's going to be running this and that and this and that. Here in a democracy, which is very fragile now, we have the ability to vote. And we can vote for women and we can vote for men and we can vote for, we can vote for all the different his, hers and all. Every, we can do whatever we want freely as far as the vote goes. And someone is saying, a woman? Oh, Please, someone educator. I'm going to be doing a little bit more history on that. Well, one last thing, and that's a happy birthday. Like I said, happy birthday to my dear sister Evelyn. And I always try to find a woman that you know who's been, who was born on her birthday, who did, who did something special. Well, on December sixth, eighteen fifteen. Now think about this: eighteen fifteen, a woman doing something. You know, a woman had no voice. Her children didn't even belong to her. You know, we have all those credit cards that we run around charging when we go into these nice restaurants. You couldn't get a credit card. I remember when I got birth control. I had to go to my doctor with my ex-husband, and he had to sign a paper that he agreed that I could have birth control. I had no control over my own body if he would have said no that he wanted to keep me pregnant well that's too bad i mean we have to start thinking about these things is that what you want you don't want to vote you want to lose all your freedom lady oh i don't think so i don't think so i remember when i was at sonoma state and i was voted to be the first woman student to speak at a graduation it was such a big deal and i thought why is this such a big deal and my mother came up to me and said, oh, in my day, I was just lucky that I graduated high school, she says. And all they told me I could be was a teacher or a nurse. I had no options. So it's very, very interesting when you start thinking about it. And please, ladies, let's start thinking about it. So on December 6th, that was my sister's birthday, but not 1815. She was born in 1944. And she made her transition in 1884. Jane Swithelm who was a suffragette who wrote articles for local papers against slavery, for women's rights, and against legal inequities, led to close friendship with Mary Todd Lincoln. That was the the, uh, wife of our president, Abraham Lincoln. 1815, this woman is speaking out. I mean, when women spoke out, they if they would call them hysteria, if if you spoke out spoke out too much, you were hysterical, and that was that was a mental condition that they could put you away in a in a hospital. So it's it's really um, you know it's really heartbreaking when you start thinking about how they're trying to take our rights away from us. And I'll tell you something. They're not going to take the rights away from us. As women, we need to stand tall. We need to recognize that we have a right to have rights. It's really not a big deal. It really isn't. It really isn't. 
Women got the vote. It's not a big deal. We didn't get the vote. We won the vote. We struggled for the vote. But it was really wasn't a big deal because it's a right under a democracy. And yet we make a big deal about all these things. You know, freedom of choice is very important. I actually think they should just throw out all the laws and they should have one law. No harm. Do no harm. If you steal or you kill or you hurt, you do that. That's that's the problem. But not these other things, you know, restrict what kind of vitamins you take. You can't have an abortion. You can't have choice. All these different things. That's not right. It really isn't. Well, that's a lot to think about. And, you know, that's what I hope Women's Space is about is that we think. And, you know, I changed something a little bit. You know, we do the Women's Spaces Pledge, so I'm going to do this really quickly on Monday morning and to remind, uh, the first Monday of the month, and to remind folks, you know, it might sound hokey when we say it. It might say, oh, look at that pledge. That's silly. But when you really start thinking about it, just listen to the pledge. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. Hmm. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. And, you know, higher power, you can put in Jesus, Mohammed. You can put in your, uh, you know, when I was a young girl, there was in my in our in our restroom. Uh, my father had broken the door and there was a little thing, a little plate that looked like it looked like a little man. And I remember I used to go in there and I would kind of pretend like I was praying to him or ask things, you know, whatever your higher power is. So real quickly, I'm going to have Ken and and Jill, do you mind just joining me and we'll do the pledge and then we're going to take a musical break and then we'll get on with our our wonderful interview with our district attorney, uh, Jill Ravage. Okay, I'm going to go one, two, three. I'll say it and then you repeat after me. One, two, three. My self-esteem. My self-esteem. Does not depend. Does not depend. On anything. On anything. Outside. Outside of me. Of me. My self-esteem, my self-esteem depends, depends on my relationship, on my relationship with myself, with myself and my higher power and my higher power. I love that. I love that. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means nobody defines you. You define yourself. You want to be somebody. You want to do something. You do it. You you take the courage and the in the in the energy to do it. My self-esteem does not depend. On anything outside of me. In other words, what people think of me, I love it. I'm going to be interviewing, by the way, next year, Terry Cole Whitaker, who wrote the book, What You Think of Me is None of My Business. That's very important. What you think of me is none of my business because you can think anything you like. It doesn't matter. It's how I project myself on the world, not how you define me. So that's very important. So thank you both for taking the pledge with me. And now we're going to take a long, a nice musical break. And I, I love this song because it reminds us, you know, we have come a long way, ladies. You know, we have come a long way. I mean, when you think about it. And I love Earth Mama. I love that she even has that title. She was telling me one day when I talk, was talking to her, she says, it was a real thrill to take that title because pe- all my students were calling me Earth Mama. She says, and then I had to try to copyright it. She says, that's another story all by itself. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to play You've Come a Long Way, Ladies, sung by Earth Mama. And when we return, I will be talking with Sonoma County District Attorney Jill Ravage, who is the first woman to be elected attorney in, uh, attorney, district attorney in Sonoma County. And we have come a long way. But you know, folks, we still have a long way to go. And the good news is, 
is we still have a woman district attorney, and I'm really excited about that. I mean, we've come a long way, and we're going to stay where we are or even get better. So let's go ahead, Ken. that rocks the cradle has got to rock the boat it's a line that I remember from the diary grandma wrote as she rode the train to Washington to stand and speak her mind she made some waves that brought a change I forgot to make one announcement, and I want to make it right now. There's going to be a cultural trivia night that's been put on by the uh, Black, uh, the North Bay Black Chamber of Commerce. I'm very happy to be a member of there. And you can go to www.nbbco.org and find out all the information. It's going to be happening on December 10th from 5 to 8 p.m., and it's going to be all about trivia and a lot of black history that you can uh, learn about. So let folks know about that. And like I said, all the information will be on www.womenspaces.com. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Stasis. And for you just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and Women's Spaces. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me in the studio is Sonoma County District Attorney Jill Ravage, who has served to date three terms as our district attorney. And is I don't know whether to say retiring or stepping down or a decision that this is the end of her. She wants, doesn't want to be a district attorney anymore, but she's not going to be anymore. She's stepping down. And before we begin, Jill, welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you, Elaine. Good morning. It's yes. great to be with you again. Yes, it is. And I'm really surprised that you were telling me that you ran five, that you've had five elections. I mean, where do you, where do you get that tenacity and, and energy? That's just amazing. Some people call it stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first letter in stupidity is S. You have you see sight, you have your sight on something, and it's a very spiritual call. So can I tell folks just a little bit about you? Sure. Uh, District Attorney Jill Ravage is a UC Berkeley graduate, a USF law graduate, and has been practicing criminal law for 35 years. She is the first woman to be elected District Attorney in Sonoma County. And I want to add, not only the first woman, but in honor of our lesbian sisters, the first gay woman, woman that is, and is amazing to me, and is finishing her third term and will be retiring at the end of this year. During Ms. Ravage's first uh, term, she opened the family Justice Center dedicated to providing wraparound services to victims, family violence, and sexual assault, elder abuse, and child abuse. And I know from several interviews that I've done on this show that that organization has worked very well, particularly for women who are having domestic violence and issues around their home. She has also established a dedicated elder protection union and began an elder truancy program to hold parents accountable under Mrs. Rav- under Ms. Ravage's leadership, the Human uh, Trafficking Task Force has become a model for other co- counties due to the collaboration of many agencies to engage in outreach, prevention, and prosecution of offenders. She serves on various boards in the community and is an adjunct professor at Empire College School of Law. Wow, that's quite a resume, and that's that's nothing. I mean, uh, there was almost a two-page resume. Anything else that you would like to add, Jill? Uh, no, just that I'm. It's, I think you're my last interview, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you're like no, no. The lad, we'll have you on when you start moving into your other things. I mean, I can't see you just doing nothing. Well, Jill, you know, it's it's really interesting. One of the things about women's spaces that I love is that we bring on ordinary women like yourself. I mean, even though you're district attorney, you're still an ordinary woman who's trying to do the best she can, struggling being a woman. It actually, has its own challenges. So. What attract? Talk about what attracted you to the field of law. Who inspired you, and what were some of your early challenges? Well, you know, I, w- I actually went to law school to be a prosecutor. I did an internship when I was at UC Berkeley. I realized that if you wanted to change lives, you had to pick a place where people's lives were really being impacted and try to bring the change that you thought would be best for the world at large and the community that you were in. And I felt that joining the DA's office was the best fit for me. So I did that, and it has been a wild ride ever since, and I'm really glad that I chose the path I did. Well, what were some of your challenges, your early beginnings? It's still, it's still even... Even at that particular time, there was still a little bit of a stigma with women having some ambition in the area of law. Well, my parents encouraged us to go to college. They encouraged us to seek graduate school. My grandmother, I think, would have loved to have been a lawyer. She and I used to uh, have tuna fish sandwiches and watch Perry Mason while I was in law school and talk about the cases. 
uh, and I think she kind of inspired me to go forward. Obviously, as a middle child, you argue a lot with your siblings, so I think I got a good grounding and being a good uh, advocate at an early age. But going to law school, certainly the men did have the privilege. The women had to struggle to be acknowledged as significant as the men. And when I went into the business of uh, being a prosecutor, men were usually given the more serious cases. Women were given the less serious cases, the cases involving women and children. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know. But I pushed. I kept pushing. I kept uh, I kept saying I can do what they're doing, and ultimately I was given the opportunity, and as a result I've had uh, amazing opportunity in the courtroom, and I've tried to bring that to my staff as well. Well, what what made you decide you wanted to become district attorney? I remember when we first met, we were met at a group. It was called the No Name Group. Right. And I remember we used to have all these politicals come in. And then there was when when she called me, Susan Moore was her name. She organized it. Susan, if you're listening, I wish you'd start the organization again. She's still time. out there. I talk to her all the time. <laughs> She's an amazing woman. But I remember the first time. I remember showing up at that meeting, and all of a sudden thinking, "My goodness, a woman district attorney because." I had worked. I had worked with Lynn Woolsey and and also with uh, um, Helen Rudy. So I knew I knew the struggle with being the first woman, and then here we were the first woman district attorney. I mean, that to me is almost like Frances Harper, you know, when she was the first woman in labor board. You know, all these men. I mean, these big guys. So what, what made you decide, and what were your what were some of your challenges that you had to the first time around? Well, I actually never really wanted to be the district attorney. I just wanted to be a prosecutor in the courtroom. I I enjoyed being a litigator and helping victims find a voice in the criminal process. Uh, but I, I found that what was happening in our district attorney's office wasn't in the best interest of justice. Nobody else was stepping up. And so I said, okay, if nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And so I jumped into the ring, didn't have any idea what I was getting into, uh, but uh, ran my first race, came within about 1% of winning against the incumbent, but uh, learned a lot through the process and decided to come back again. And that time I was victorious. But I didn't run as a woman. I ran as a career prosecutor who happened to be a woman, and I have to make that point to you. It's not that it's a woman running for DA. It's somebody who is talented, experienced, and capable who happens to be a woman. Yeah, you wouldn't have to say that if you were a man, though. (laughs) That's very true. Well, you know, that's interesting. I had no idea that you, you ran this one time and you lost. You know, most of the time, people who lose... Well, that's the end of it. You know, their egos they and they pack up and they don't want they don't want to continue. Where did you Where did you get your courage and your tenacity to what What What, what was I mean? I, know, I realize your grandmother was kind of behind that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, my mother too. My mother always encouraged me. But but frankly, I got in on the last day, the first time I ran, came within one percent. In fact, the the vote wasn't known until. 30 days later when it was certified, and that's when we realized it was that close. So I was just emboldened by the incredible support in the community. And I think that you will agree when you fail, sometimes that's the best experience you can have because you learn from it. You really think about that failure. You think about how you could have succeeded, and I think it gives you more opportunity for reflection than when you win and you just move on. And so I thought a lot about it, and when the opportunity arose again four years later and I felt that the office wasn't where it needed to be. I decided I'd jump in once more, and this time I was extremely successful. I, I beat him by quite a bit. 
Well, you know, I studied with a woman by the name of Marguerite Meyer. She was like, I would call her like a mentor. And one of the things she said is when you fail, you don't fail. The first letter in failure is to find out the facts, find out what happened, and then go again. Because, like you said, the second time, you won. Yeah. And you won with a huge margin. I did. So, you, so you, that, I think that is the greatest lesson we can learn is, is failure is really a stepping stone. Absolutely. We don't have to. And... Again, everything is choice. We can choose to fail and say, oh, I failed. I can't do it. Nobody likes me. Or you can move out in the world and say, hey, wait a minute. I needed to do it a little more forceful. I needed to knock on a few more doors or whatever whatever it was that you found out. Right. So that is, that is a uh, – that's amazing. And then now, and then here you make up your mind to decide for for district attorney. And I know you know people agree with you, disagree. I mean, we've had disagreements, we've had discussions. You know, every it, it's a, it's a, a a circle that goes around constantly. But you ran three times and won three times. Well, where was where was you getting that energy and that hope? I believed in what I was doing. I believed in the office. I believe we could do a better job for the members of this community. And and now as I leave, I'm really proud of the work that my office is doing. It's really nice. People say, what what will my legacy be? It will be an office filled with dedicated professionals doing their best to seek justice every day. And that's what's carried me through. It's a very strong conviction that uh, that's kind of a funny word to use for a prosecutor conviction but it is it's a very strong feeling that uh, we hold a very special place in our community and we need to do the best that we can we're honored to be able to do that well you know how did it feel for you you know the first time you won you know not only that you scared know, the crap out of me okay <laughs> That's the truth. Scared me. And uh, with my successor, who recently was elected, uh, I know that she's had moments when she's thought, oh, my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? It's a very daunting task to be the top cop in a community because basically we're the chief law enforcement officer for Sonoma County. But at the same time, it's also very exciting. Uh, It's filled with promise, and the rewards, as I said, are seeing that justice is sought every day in the courtroom, and it's a nice feeling. Well, how did you how did you feel now that you're going to be stepping down? I mean, what 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 are any you know? Are you all of a sudden sorry I didn't run for a fourth term? Are you glad? I mean, what what is you know? It's funny, Elaine, because there are moments when I think to myself, "Gosh, I could have done another term. Things are going so great. Why not just ride it for another four years?" But in all honesty, I think it's time for someone else to take over. I think things are changing in our community. They're changing in the practice of criminal law, and I think it's time for a new set of uh, leaders in our office. Additionally, I kind of put my time in, and I actually ran five races, right? The first one I lost, the next three I won, and uh, then I went through what was personally a very difficult period with the recall. And Bill Gallagher, if you ever hear this voice, I hope you will be ashamed of yourself for what you did to me and for what you did to this community. We should have never gone through that, but I'm just I'm honored at the support the community gave me in that election and the strong message that they sent that evil man. But it's time. It's time for new opportunities. As you can imagine, there's a lot going on in the world outside of the DA's office, outside of the practice of criminal law, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to be just a, a citizen in this community taking advantage of all there is to offer. You know, talking about the recall, you know, I mean, 
to me, when I when I look at your history and I look at your, you know, the idea that you ran three times and won three times and lost the first time, like you said, but you also had the idea that you're also a, a lesbian, a gay woman. How did that, how was that, was that challenge ever in there or how, how did that work? Well, I think there's always sexism uh, when you're involved in a business like I've been involved in. Uh, law enforcement is generally male-dominated. Uh, with regard to any gender issues or uh, issues around my sexuality. You know, people aren't going to come right out and say things, but obviously there are people that have strong opinions, and they may be reflected in their actions or they may not. Again, I ran as the best candidate to be the district attorney. I never ran as a gay person. I never ran as a woman. I just said, hey, I've got the experience. I've got some great ideas. I think I can do a good job. But... If it sends a message to anybody in the community that, hey, I can do that too, then I'm really glad about that. Well, you know, it goes back to the pledge that we were talking about, that you have to have a sense of who you are as a person. No matter what's out there that's hitting you, because no ma- there's no perfect person. You know, there's always, you know I, I once had an experience when I was at Sonoma State. I was in the Women's Studies Department, and I went in there, and there, we, we had it divided. We had one side was the office, and the other side was, the, like, the library, and I was doing a research project. And all of a sudden, I hear these women on the other side talking about this woman. And all of a sudden, I realized it was me. Uh-huh. They were talking about me, and I was like, I was devastated. So I went home, I called my girlfriend Connie, and I'm crying, you know, and she says to me, she says, Elaine, you're out there. She says, be proud that people are talking about well, you. Well, that's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, there have been times when I'll be in a restaurant and people are staring at me or people come up to me in the street, and it's a little bit daunting at times, but oftentimes they come up and say thank you. Or they come up and just want to say something about the business that we do. Uh, And so it's usually an honor. But uh, there are always going to be detractors, as you said. You and I have had plenty of uh, discussion about some decisions I've made you disagree with. But it comes with the job. It's just part of what we do. But if it will encourage other women to rise up and make the effort to take on public service, then I think that I have uh, I've served well. And, you know, with the Family Justice Center, I just want to give a plug, first of all, to our director, director Marsha Lucian, who's doing a great job, and I know you've interviewed her. We have provided wraparound services to almost 18,000 people in this community since we opened. That's pretty remarkable. When you think about saving lives, we really have made a difference. And that's just something that I'm very, very proud of. Well, you should be proud of. And also, it's interesting that you say that you and I have had disagreements. And if other people, I've, we've had, I've been in groups where we've had a little bit heated conversations I've heard with you. Yeah. But the most important thing is that the openness, the openness and the willingness. Well, I want to give one amazing fact because we have come a long way. And I, this is what I found out. It's called Zippa.com. And it turns out, in 2000, here we are in 2022, the demographics have definitely changed because they're saying that of the district attorneys in the United States, 54.4% are women now. That is amazing to me. That's really amazing because when I was elected, I was one of 12 one out of, 12. of 58. And uh, and I know that the number of DA, female DAs in 
California has grown, but I, I didn't realize that uh, nationally we, we are that many. Right, and it's, it's women like yourself that step up to the plate, and then 50, 45.6% are men. Well, and you know what? We need them on the bench, too. We need more women on the bench. We need more women in many sectors. We don't have any female police chiefs in Sonoma County. We don't have any women really in leadership positions in any of our police agencies. So I think there's opportunity for women throughout the criminal justice system. We have a new uh, chief probation officer who's a woman who I'm sure you'll be wanting to interview. But uh, there are plenty of opportunities for women to step up. Well, we're going to take a little musical break now. And I want to dedicate this song to you. Sung by Kathy Brar, and it's gonna. It's the song is "There'll Be Some Changes Made," and this is how I visualize you walking out of the office. You know, the last day they're going to give you a big party, and now you're walking out of the office. And here, let's go ahead and play that song, Ken. Changes made. I just love that song. That's an old, old song, so it's really amazing. Well, I want to get a copy to 
play while I march out of the office <laughs> or dance out of the yes. office. <laughs> well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I have a big smile on my face after listening to that song. I mean, I think about myself and some of the changes that I've made, and all of a sudden your strut's different. You know, just you just feel like a whole different person. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm in conversation with uh, District Attorney uh, Joe Ravitch, who has run for three terms, she's, and she's been a three-term, has served us here in Sonoma County. So welcome back. Well, Jill, there's so much, you know, there's so much here. you face faced many challenges in your years. You know, talk a little bit more about, you know, there, if there's a woman out there, talk a little bit more about where you got your strength and, and what was... I know the, the uh, Family Law Center was one of your, your really thing you're very, very proud of. But what are some other things that you're proud of? I, well, I'm proud of everybody in my office, frankly. I mean, they're they're just pulling together. They're doing great work. Uh, as you indicated earlier, we started an elder protection unit. It's really important that seniors understand what the process is so that they'll be willing to participate in it. Uh, we... Uh, you know, we're just out in the community trying to educate the community about what we do, trying to get into the schools to educate the kids about what we do so that they might consider a career in uh, law enforcement or in law itself. As an adjunct professor at uh, Empire College, I tried to inspire students to seek careers in criminal law uh, just all over the place. And uh, I'm not a person who holds my punches, as I think you know, and so I've been very blunt in my uh, interactions with people about the important work that we do as prosecutors. Well, blunt, you know, maybe honest would be a better word. True, (laughs) but blunt too. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's hard to hear, you know, it's hard to recognize that there are there are two sides to every story and that, that, that things go on and on and on. But the most important thing is is that we all have to recognize that in any time, in every given time, we're all just doing the best we can. I know I know for myself, sometimes I feel so guilty about, my say, my own mothering because I, I mothered a single child and I have to remind myself, you know, given what I had, the information... You know, that's to do it the best I can, and you can always change. You can always change as you as you go along. Well, and you know, Elaine, I really inspire people to get involved in public service. We have sort of devolved into a world where people are quick to criticize. There doesn't seem to be a filter where there used to be when people are interacting with one another. People seem to think it's okay as long as you're on social media to say things that are very. Uh, negative or derogatory about other people. And my hope is that those in public service will rise above, kind of like Michelle Obama used to say, when they go low, we go high. And if the people in public service, they're doing what they should be doing without being disrespectful to others, I think they'll inspire others to come along as well. Well, that's a good thought. You know, to inspire others to do better and to do good, to do good deeds. I mean, it's 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 interesting the way the the way the world works. And I I really believe I really believe women more and more women stepping up to the plate. I mean, I really believe that helps a lot because I think there's another perspective a woman brings. It's a softer perspective. It's 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 just a little bit different. 
Well, now that you're stepping down, you know, uh, what are some things that, you know, maybe there's something on your desk that you said, oh, darn, I wish I had another two or three years to do this, anything like that that maybe you've turned over to our new district attorney? Well, there are a lot of changes in the law. There is the Racial Justice Act, so there's going to be a lot more discussion about what's happening in the criminal justice system with regard to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and with regard to any discrimination that may either appear to be or exist so there's going to be a lot of work there there's going to i wish i could have been more successful in addressing the homeless slash mental health challenges in sonoma county i think we're failing miserably i don't fault our uh, elected uh, representatives but we are throwing money at the problem and we don't seem to be solving anything i wish i could have been part of the solution and i hope that going forward uh, there will be a better solution to get people off the street and get them into the services that they need to succeed. Yeah, it's very, very important. You know, I often wonder why it's so complicated, why things take so long to, you know, to to get done, and, and, and so many things fall through the crack. Well, we're coming just about coming to the end of our segment, and one of the favorite my one of my favorite questions is: We have a new uh, district attorney, Carla Rodriguez. Uh, she's another woman from your office. She worked with you, I understand. But what, what, you know, what, what words of wisdom did you give her? What did you? What, what was, what was your, I, what was your encouragement to her? Well, first, I told her to grow about an inch of uh, Teflon over her entire body and prepare herself for. Uh, the barbs and the uh, negative comments that might be coming her way. Uh, But mostly I just told her to be proud of the office that she's going to be leading and to remember to let the people that she's leading help her do the hard work every day. And I think she's going to do a terrific job. I know she's looking forward to speaking with you. Carla, uh, as I have said before, her heart is as big as that giant brain of hers. And her challenge is going to be to keep using that brain as much as her heart because she feels deeply about things. And sometimes she's going to have to make tough decisions that her heart would prefer that she not make. It's a tough job. Well, you know, that's an interesting way that you put it. You know, that's an interesting way to put it, that sometimes, that you know, you, you know in your heart, you know, that something needs to be, move forward, but you know you have all these other considerations and your brain and all the, you know, all the people that, I want this, I want that, I want this, that sometimes you can't get what you really feel is the best and that it is painful. But at the same time, it's just like that election. You know that you lost. You find out what's what's wrong. How could I do it better? How could I present it better? And before you know it, you have something in place. But if you give up, it, it doesn't happen. Well, we've come to the end of our segment. And anything anything that you would like to to say? Any final words? Any plans for the future? If you have websites, anything else you feel is important? You know, I I just like to tell anybody who's listening uh, how grateful I am to have had this experience. It is. Uh, just been an amazing 12 years and uh, it's been an honor it's been a privilege and uh, I hope that uh, the community appreciates the work that I've done and I know that going forward Carla is going to be an outstanding district attorney and I wish her the best and thank you Elaine for giving me the opportunity to have this conversation with you year after year and thank you Ken for making it possible as well well, thank you. You know, it's so interesting. When you walked in, I couldn't believe it. We're both gray-haired, and I was wondering, yeah. you know, sometimes a radio show, I want to pull my hair out, you know. And I was thinking, well, three terms. Yep. <laughs> it reminds me of Obama. All of a sudden, his hair was starting turning gray, so there's something about that. But I've got 
I've got a strong heart and I've got a, a nice light step and I'm looking forward to all that's coming my way. There'll be a change in the world. That's weather. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get that. For, well, thank you so much, Jill Ravage, for being such a, a great guest, as you always are. And to my listeners, you know, I mean, this has just been an amazing show. I mean, to think that we've had a woman that served us three terms, and now we have another woman that's going to serve us again, Carla Rodriguez. And I want to wish her all the luck in the world. Well, that's it for our show. You know, Sonoma can thank you, a special thank you for Sonoma County District Attorney for Jill Radvish for a great, great interview. And I want to wish her much success in this new time in her life. And also to let her know that anything new that's coming up, anything that any announcements, please keep me in abreast of it. I'm more than happy to announce it. A special thank you to Shakina Black for letting us know how to have a bit of fun this holiday season. And remember this Saturday, December 10th, is going to be uh, the uh, winter blast and all those wonderful couches running around. It's just amazing. And a reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. this evening. I'm so excited. I get to listen to my own program. Actually, I'm starting to like it. Also, I'm available for speaking engagements. And if you have any announcements that you'd like to have in the air, like anniversaries or birthdays or anything, just, just please email me at elainebholtz at gmail.com. And again, happy birthday to my dear sister, Evelyn. Will be Her birthday will be tomorrow, December uh, December 6th. And remember, I say this every single week, remember our children are the future and we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you the next time. What, we got a few more minutes, Ken? 30 seconds. Oh, we got 30 seconds. Well, I'll say it again. Our children are the future and we must never lose sight of that. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And remember, you know, when you're out shopping, remember, be kind, smile, laugh a little bit. People look so agitated, you know, it's Christmas time. We're celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace and the idea of peace on earth and goodwill to, to each of us. And to remind ourselves of that is more than just gifts. It's the gift of living and the gift of giving. Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, December 5th, 2022.